seven, six, five, four, half down, stand back. Hi guys, this is Jamie Clancy. You're listening to 8th, your 1-8th scale off-road racing podcast. Hello and welcome to 8th, your UK 8th scale off-road podcast. We are back. This is episode 2 and I am SJ Chartler. With me in the virtual studio once again is my co-host Mitch Booth. Hey Mitch. Hey mate, you alright? Yeah, I'm good mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How was your father's day, mate? Yeah, it was good mate. Just a nice family day. Pretty chilled out. Yourself? Yeah, same as me, mate. Didn't really do anything. Just uh, took out my son and my dad. Uh, went for a nice pub lunch. We had a good time. Nice, mate. Uh, good. Also, hope all you listeners out there had a great Father's Day. And uh, uh, our last episode with Graham also, just to let you guys know, has been listened to 100 times now in the past three weeks. I think that's pretty good. We will do some more if you guys like it. Uh, so, Mitch, then, I've heard racing's been really good for you just recently. Do you want to tell the listeners about your weekend? Uh, yeah, mate, been doing a lot of practicing, a lot of racing, putting a lot of effort in and uh, been uh, very fortunate to get a direct drive with Techno America, so I'm really over the moon with that. So that's just yeah. opened up another alleyway for lots of opportunities for in, the, in the future, really. Yeah, I really think you deserve that, mate, because you uh, have been putting in the time and effort just recently, Trackside. Thank you very much, mate. Me yeah, a lot. Yeah, we'll talk about your recent races and uh, a few results in a bit once we get this episode's uh, guest on. Shall we get him on then, Mitch? I'm really excited for this one, as this guest is a good friend of mine. He helped me out a lot when I first started, him and his family. Cool, right, so I'm just going to give our guest a little intro. Tonight we speak with Jamie Clancy. He's a national A finalist from the UK. Jamie started his uh, dedicated race program in 2008. A very young age, but a very impressive results within the UK and abroad. I first met Jamie and his family at my local track, the Parts RC Models. His dad, Gary, was one of the owners and sold me my first setup. The help I got from Jamie and his family regarding setup and tuning and choice of parts is what kept me smiling and kept me coming back to the track when times were hard. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Jamie's and uh, have been since we first met. Jamie races a mixture of scales and classes, but regards eighth scale as his main focus. I think everything that he has accomplished with racing the past few years is incredible. I, for one, think he truly deserves all the help that he gets from all his sponsors, and he's a great ambassador to the sport. Jamie's sponsors are Team Associated, Reds Racing, Reedy Powered, Proline Racing, Fast Race, RC Project, RDRP, CML, Byron Fuels, Hearts RC Models, TKR Graphics, End Design, and Sanwar. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Jamie at a young age was able to travel abroad to many countries and many races, such as the IFMAR Worlds in Australia, European Championships, UK Nationals, Neo Buggy, the Montpellier GP in France, the Asti GP, and he also raced uh, the awesome indoor track of Padova. So, guys, uh, fresh back from a win at JC Raceway the uh, past weekend ago our guest is jamie clancy hey jamie are you there i'm here how are we how are you buddy i'm good mate yeah good good yeah i'm all good enjoying How's family life. yeah family's good mate yeah they have uh, they had a good weekend father's day you know spent it together so it was, uh, it was pretty good yeah, yeah i'm pretty, pretty good i'm a fan of yours so i'm quite nervous about this <laughs> no problem just uh, relax i'm not gonna buy it <laughs> Yeah, cool, cool. Mitch, how, you still there, mate? I'm still here, I'm still here. Wicked, wicked. Um, so then, uh, myself and Mitch have got some questions about your icing career. Were you uh, willing to talk about some uh, bits and pieces? Yeah, no problem. Anything. Just yeah, go wicked. ahead. Okay then. So, Jamie, uh, when 
could you well first of all could you tell us a bit about your family and how you got into rc cars firstly um right so the work i started racing uh, sorry I, I started going with my dad to some races when he was racing so so um, your dad race right yeah yeah my dad was the first to race he kind of he, he raced a good 20 25 years before i started um and i used to go to the races with him not to race but you know i used to go there because he used to camp with his friends um and at the time uh he was friends of or he, he still is friends with mark jones good friends actually yeah, yeah mark jones used to bring his son lewis so we used to we used to go to the races together we never used to race but we used to enjoy the atmosphere and i think it was uh end of 2007 i um i had a guy on my dad's car and i kind of took to it really fast so they kind of decided to um to me, my mum and dad decided to buy me a car, which I think my first car was a, a Lossy. I can't remember which one it was, but it was definitely a Lossy. And uh, what sort of age was you then? Uh, I was seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Very young. Very, what, very young. What, uh, what tracks did you used to go, Clancy? The first ever track that I drove was Sandy. I'm not sure whether you, you remember that track, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a track in Sandy. It was, uh, it, it was run by pretty much most of the guys that run the club at Hearts now. All right. Um, that was the first time I drove a, a car properly, and then uh, a short time after that, that track closed, and they ended up the Hearts track, and uh, I started racing there because at the time it was literally two minutes from my home, so I could go there after school. And then a good six months after I first had a go, I started really getting into it, and then my dad decided to kind of take a break. He'd been doing it long enough and kind of focus on me because he see a bit of potential. So and yeah, this that's is how it started. Was that with the low C, yeah? That was with the low C, yeah. Yeah, I also know you do some uh, temp scale racing. Could you tell us a bit about that as well? Um, yeah, temp scale, I mean, I did it as a bit of stick time. Before I started getting sponsored, um, it was really expensive to run eight scale all the time. So we decided to kind of budget ourselves and go with temp scale because it's not really something that you need to throw on a new set of tyres every, every, every five minutes and they don't cost £40 a set of tyres. Um, so we decided to go with that. We never really took it that serious, but we just kind of used it as stick time. Um, I never really went very competitive with 10th scale. I didn't really enjoy it as much as I did with 8th scale. Okay. Um, but like I said, I just, at the time they were doing Tuesday nights at Hearts. So I kind of, I started doing that. It was nice as well because it was um, a good social time after school. You know, I did homework, went racing, went to yeah, bed. Sure. So it was it was good to have a bit of stick time during the week, keep my, keep me focused. Um, and also, Tim Scarry sharpens up his skills a little bit as well. Yeah. How yeah. close is the Hearts track for you, Conti? For now, it's it depends on traffic, but normally it's about 20, 25 minutes. Ah, uh, so it's pretty, so pretty, it's pretty close, then. yeah. That's decent. Yeah, it's, it's close. I'm pretty thankful uh, in that way. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever placed first at any events, Jamie? Um... I mean, I've I've won. I've the biggest race I think I've ever won is probably. I'd say SRS rounds or, I mean, my best ever finish at a race is third at a national. Um, but yeah, I've won. I've won several several races. I'd probably say it's a good forty five races I've won probably. And how did it feel to uh, actually come first the first time? I will always remember time. the first time I won a race. It was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Just, just. I mean, it's be- it was it was a better feeling than finished third at national because it was a, such a big achievement for me. Um, I beat, I, you know, I beat some people that I'd, when I first started racing, I looked up to. So it and was such an amazing. What car was I using? Yeah, I was running Associated, so I, that was that was when I started using the new car. Uh, that was uh, five years ago now. Yeah, five, five years, years ago. ago. And how long have you been driving the Associated? 
Uh, I've been driving for Associated. So I went to Associated a year after I, ran, I started running low C. Um, and then a year after that, I, I got my first sponsor. So, yeah, it was 2009 that I went to Associated. Just, the, just the beginning of 2009. It was... Okay, okay. Did you always want to drive Associated? Was that the aim to, you know, go with uh, the guys and get the AE car and use well, that for the future? It was actually a pretty, uh, it was a pretty funny story to me because um, at the time, my dad, when I went, when I, when I got my Loti car, my dad at the time was running the original RC8 when the, the first Associated car came out. And I had a go on his car afterwards and I made him pretty much after I drove the car, I made him build me a car so that I had something to use because it was so much better than mine. I mean, I don't even know what could happen. If I hadn't have drove that car, I might not have been associated now. So I'm kind of glad that I did. Um, and after that, I've just I've stayed the whole time. I've never ran anything else. That's all I've, that's all I've been, been using. Awesome. awesome. So, so yeah. they look after you really well then. Oh, they're, they're like family now. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a love relationship. You know, it's, it's just good. They're, they're very welcoming companies. You know, they look after you. You know, I've looked up. You know, I've been with them for a long time. So you become like furniture there. Yeah, loyalty pays a pays a lot of bills. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. It means a lot to them. Can you remember? Can you remember just quickly, Clancy? Can you remember years ago when we were both doing as first nationals, both running associated cars? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Of course, I still remember you. you. Look the same as you do now. No, I'm kidding. No, yeah, it was good. I, I still remember them years. All them years. It was, uh, it was good. Uh, Wakefield, wasn't it? Wakefield track. You remember it? Yeah, of course. That was a real That was a real track. That was motocross style. Yeah. <laughs> awesome uh, so let's just talk a little bit about your current buggy then what's in your current setup what's chassis uh is it the b3.1 that you use yeah rc8 b3.1 uh reds engines proline tires that's the that's the three main products in the car um obviously one makes the car go one is the car itself and one obviously gives you the traction so that's the three main sponsors right now and obviously really power as well for my electronics which is uh always tips up pretty good stuff in fact very good stuff <laughs> Do you have any upgrades on your chassis? I know you see the, uh, the fast race sponsor. So do you, uh, what parts from them do you run? So I have two uh, sponsors for optional parts. I have RC Project and Fast Race, both Italian companies. Uh, one company I do a lot of uh, help for. I, I help develop some products for them, which is RC Project. Um, but yeah, I do all their. I have all their optional parts in my car. I have the the lightweight um, uh, tie rod ends and the and the balls which are aluminium, but they're hardened and they're reversible as well. So they can't pop off if you have a hard impact. So that's definitely a, a good part to have. Obviously, I have the plus five millimeter standoffs as well that Fast Race do. Mm-hmm. I, run all, I run all their option parts. And if you guys want to take a look, it's uh, rcproject.it and fastrace.it if you want to have a look at some uh, option parts. But Associated Car, Hot Bodies, Kyosho, Mugen, they do it for all cars. Wicked, wicked. I would have to check that out myself, actually. And also JQ. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, you mentioned the Reds engines. Can you be a bit more specific on what engine you run, uh, what exhaust do you have matching with it, and what sort of clutch do you run? Um, right, so we just released a new engine at the beginning of this year. Uh, we've been te- we were testing, all- but just just before the Worlds, we were testing something a little bit new, um, which worked. We well, it's pretty much a completely new design from from the ground up. Um, we needed, we wanted to start over again, you know, bring something completely new to the market, um, something that's a little bit more competitive, um, which we've done a really, really good job for. And so far, I mean, since the start of this year, that's all we've been using is the new Scuderia uh, 721 uh, with the 2143 um, X1 pipe that Reds do, which is an all, all one piece pipe. So you haven't got to worry about uh, gaskets failing, 
and constantly replacing gaskets. It's just all one pipe now. It's very strong, um, and it's good for the. It's good price as well for the customer. It's beautiful. It's good. Yeah, it's a, it's a, they've got a good setup going now. They they put a lot of effort in. It's one of the one of the best sponsors to have in my opinions, but the best engine sponsor I've ever had. Um, the support they give you is just it's just the best you're gonna get. I think. Yeah, I also run Reds engines. I've got the R5R racer in mine. Fantastic engine. That engine is absolutely bang awesome. For... If you don't want to spend a lot of money, it's an absolute perfect engine because it's... Yeah, I was just going to mention, bang for buck, it's definitely up there with... Uh, it's a very strong competitor. Oh, 100%. This engine that you have is... Um, it's it's actually exactly the same as our race engine, the WR5 Black Diamond engine. It's exactly the same engine, the geometry inside. Um, it's just not got a coated crankshaft and it's not got ceramic bearings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, obviously, this is what makes the price go from the top price to something that's affordable for the club, for the, for the average club racers and the guys, it, it, not even necessary club racers. You know, I know some pro guys that use the engine, um, but it's based on our pro engine as well, which is awesome because you still have the same feel, same run time as, as you would if you was to pay 350 pounds for an engine, which is awesome. And how did you come across the red sponsor? If you don't mind me asking. One of my good friends, Elliot Boots, um, at the time I was running LRP and there was, uh, there was a few issues going on with LRP at the time. You know, they went into ed- administration, so we weren't 100% guaranteed to have a deal with them. Um, and Elliot being my friend, you know, he, he was looking out for me at the time. Uh, he offered me a drive with, with Reds and they agreed, you know, at the time I was getting some good results in. Indeed. Um, so he gave me an engine to test and as soon as I put that thing in my car, I was like, Let's go, let's do this. I was so happy straight away. Yeah, yeah. So, and like I said, it's a it's a family run business as well. So they're just they're very welcoming people. You know, you look after them, they look after you, and I think that's the best way to be. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, do you use uh, specific engines on tracks? Say, like a five port on some tracks or a seven port on other tracks? Do you have more than one engine? Um, it's a bit of a complicated one at the minute. I mean, we. I would say before the start of this year, we used to use, we, we had two engines that we would use in buggy. Let's start with buggy. We would use our the WR5 black diamond engine, which is our black head engine, which is our five port. And then we would use either or also the WR7 2.0, which is very similar to what our new engine is now, but it's just that our new engine is re, re, refined now. So it's better materials and, and things like that. But before the beginning of this year, we would use two engines. It would either be them two. But this year, now that we've released our new engine, we've we've it's been perfect every track we've put it at. Where whether it's really tight, slow speed, or it's really high speed and open track, it's worked in, in both conditions. Which I think is better, as you you can kind of just focus on driving and setting the car up, knowing that the power is good for any type of track. Is it the same engine that you're using in your truck now, then, Jake? It is indeed. You, yeah, yeah, you're just using the same engine. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's, it has it's so smooth, but yet it has so much power, and the runtime is just incredible. That's something uh, Reds have been working on a lot is trying to get the runtime because I know that's kind of an eye catcher for the public. Everyone wants these ten minute engines, and that's what they've worked really hard for, and it's paid off for them. Definitely can make and break a race ten minutes ago. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, and it's more it's more uh, especially like when you're doing these forty five minute finals in uh, nationals when you need nine minutes. It's such a it's such a good thing to have when you have a, a ten minute plus engine. You never have to worry about the nine minute stops. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, what about uh, your servos and radio gear, Jamie? Uh, servos, uh, I've been using now. Uh, Reedy servos for since they released them which was I'd, I'd like to say it was either three or four years ago 
uh, when I first went factory with Associate and Rudy, I, uh, I started using their servos and uh, touch wood, I've never had a problem. Um, they've been absolutely awesome and they're such a blink server as well. They look super trick. So I would definitely, uh, I'd definitely advise you to take a look at them at readypower.com. Awesome, awesome. And what about your radio gear? Uh, radio, uh, it was new for, so I was up until the end of last year, just before the Worlds, I was running KO Propo. Um, you know, just that's what I've been using for a few years. But sadly, I've had a few issues with that over in the last year. Um, so I kind of just decided to move from them. I didn't want to have any more issues. So we decided just before the Worlds to make the switch to San Juan. And, uh, yeah, it's been an amazing move. I mean, my driving improved massively going to that radio. It was just the comfortability with it. Um, it's much lighter as well. And it's a better feel. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was just a, a good improvement. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So what's been uh, your favorite brand of engine in your career? I mean, it, obviously it wasn't just the Reds engine that you've been running. You mentioned the LRP. Yeah. Is there any other engines that you've used in your career? Um, yeah. I mean, my, my first engine sponsor as such was LRP, which was three years ago. Previous to that, I was sponsored for distributor for engines. So I used to run Nova Rossi three or four years ago. Um, I left them uh, because the distribution was lost. So I went to um, LRP and then they had a few issues. Um, and then I decided to, to to move to Reds. And the best decision I've ever made was going to Reds, to be honest. It's just, I like, it's not always about having the best product as well. It's, I mean, it's good to have everything good on the track, reliability and stuff. It's also... The support, the support, the support is such a, a big thing. When you go into these big races, you know, it's these guys are always in them big races. You know, Mario and Marco, they're always there making sure everything is perfect. But, like, you know, they want everything to be perfect. Um, so the best sponsor I've ever had for Engine Wise definitely is Reds Racing, 100%. I think a good summarization would be that you're getting good fuel efficiency, you're getting good reliability, and yeah. that's putting smiles on your face every time. 100%. 100%. I mean, like, you know, I'm not the most smooth driver in the world, so for me to get 10-minute plus runtime is saying something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if you are quite aggressive and the runtime that you get is rather impressive, that's yeah. right. So let's just talk a little bit about your tyres. Pro-line tyres, could you give us a little bit more about what your, your go-to tread patterns and compounds are within the UK tracks? Uh, right, so, uh, I mean, it's in the UK, it's always tends to be three tyres that we always normally stick to now, and that is Fugitive Light, Buckshot, okay. and uh, M4 Whole Shot. Sorry, uh, Whole Shot. In okay. M3, M4, and also the new S compound as well. It's really good. Um, but we normally stick with the M compound because we don't quite have the temperature in this country um, for S compound, so we always right. tend to stick with the M compound. And what's the difference between these three tread patterns that you've just mentioned? So the tread pattern is, uh, you know, we... we we have our fugitive, which is a really close pin, quite a big pin, but it's very close together. So it's good for when the traction's high by or the tire tire wears really high. It's, it allows the tire to kind of not move around as much, so it doesn't rip itself to uh, to pieces. Well, obviously, that sacrifices traction. So your speed's not always going to be as fast, but you don't always need the fastest tire. You need something like for a forty-five minute final, the guys that will win the race will be the guys that have the tire that lasts the longest through that race. So you, you, you don't always need the fastest tyre. So Fugitive for a 45-minute final is most of the time what we end up going on. Then you have your Buckshot, which is a bit more of an open pin tyre, something that generates more traction, but like I said, doesn't last as long. So it's a good tyre to go to if you need a, a fast five-minute run. 
So just a quick one then, Clancy. Where's the furthest place you've ever travelled for a race? Would it be the world? The world's Australia was the was the furthest place I've ever flown. Uh, that's nineteen hour flight. That was pretty tough on your body. That is yeah. <laughs> pretty tough because you you can't sleep for nineteen hours straight. So it's a bit of a tough one. Yeah, I bet. but it was a great experience. You know, I would if I would advise anyone to go to Australia if they ever get the chance. That's one hundred percent. Definitely. Can you tell us a bit more about your uh, Australian experience? What did you do when you was at it? Was it just purely racing, or did you have a bit of a holiday? Um, we went. We went one day before, and we stayed two days afterwards. Um, after the race, well, during the race, we um, the, after the just before the final start, you had the finals on the last day of quali- uh, on. Sorry, you would have the last day of qualifying. Then you would have a day afterwards for all the lower finals. So we actually had a day off during the race meeting. So we could go out and actually have some kind of holiday, um, which was really nice. We, you know, we went to go and see some of the wildlife that you wouldn't ever see in the UK. You know, like we got to see the kangaroos and stuff like that, which is absolutely awesome. I've always wanted to see them myself. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a good race for that because you kind of had a bit of a holiday in it, and we stayed after as well to have a bit of a holiday and actually enjoy the country a bit as well without, you know, being stuck on RC track all day. Cool, cool. And um, when racing on the surface, what did you think about the surface out there? Is the mud different to ours? I mean, with the jumps slightly different? I mean, I did watch it myself, but what was your opinion firsthand? I mean, the surface, it was a bit... I mean, the dirt itself wasn't really any different to what I've raced on previous years. It was the way that they were preparing the surface before the runs. You know, it was very inconsistent for, for, for guys' runs. You know, they they might water it before one of the runs and the run that they water it would be way slower than the two runs or three runs afterwards. So it was really mm. not unfair, but it was just a bit of a mix. It really mixed things up. You know, you could have an absolute perfect run, but the track would be wet. So you're naturally going to be slower than the run ahead. Yeah. Um, so it made things very frustrating, but also every single heat was in that, that, um, that position at one point. Yes. So no, they would end up having a wet track at, at one time or another. So it wasn't like it was just us that had the bad uh, bad track. You know, everyone would have the bad track. It'd just be depending on whether you needed that run or, or not. Do you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say the surface was that difficult. Um, it was just the way they prepared the surface before the runs. Um, but the layout, for instance, I mean, it wasn't anything really. I wouldn't say it was the typical like US style track where there were jumps everywhere. It was quite a a nice fast flowing track. I mean, there was one big jump in the whole track, which was the triple. Um, but for instance, the layout wasn't, wasn't particularly very difficult. It was more the, the environment we were racing in. It was during the day, it was ridiculously hot. I mean, it was like 35 plus degrees, but then you'd be running at seven o'clock at night and it'd be five degrees. It'd be freezing cold. You'd be in a coat. That's what really made it difficult because you would have to go from one extreme with a setup to the other. You know, you'd go really hard in all the oils during the day and then you'd have to have another set of stuff done ready for the evening because the track would be completely different. The temperature's completely different. The car would just be well off. Mm. So you was having, the world is not all about just driving around, you know. There was a lot more to it than just, you know, like I said, driving around. You had to have everything prepared in advance. You know, you had to read what it was going to do and that's what made it more difficult. So then... Who's your uh, go-to hero in RC? Is it is it Ongaro? I've, probably between Ongaro and Elliot Boots. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've always looked up to Elliot. I mean, I've known him since I was a little boy. Like, oh, he's known me since I was in in a pushchair when I'm taking me to the races with my dad in a pushchair. So he's he's known me since since uh, since I was very young. I mean, Ongaro, yeah, he's an absolutely amazing driver. I think anyone wants to drive like he does. But he's he's also a very good friend of mine. You know, he's he's a really super cool kid. 
Um, which in, in in RC racing, you know, a lot of these pro guys, once they hit pro, they become a little distant from the public. Some of them can do. Where this kid, he kind of just, he's very humble. You know, he, he treats everybody with respect. You know, he treats them like, just like they should be treated, you know, which is really, really good to see. Yeah, it's definitely the best way to be, I think. 100%, 100%. You know, if you ever needed any help, whether you was running Kyosho, Mugen, whatever, he'd be the first person you go up and ask him and he would give you all the advice you'd want yeah. in, a very friendly, in a very friendly way, which is perfect. And that's the kind of ambassadors we need in this racing industry. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, back to some UK racing then. What do you prefer, dirt or Astro racing, James? Oh, 100% dirt. Mention Astro to me again, I'm walking. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you how you change your car in setup to race such uh, nationals on Astro. Well, the last time I raced on Astro Turf was three years ago. That was Endor National. So, I mean, I can't really remember. But to be fair, I mean, you normally just go a little bit heavy and everything. But, I mean, I'm so inexperienced with Astro Turf. If I ever raced Astro Turf Nationals, it'd be once in a year. So, for me, I'd have to kind of copy what the guys that are around and run Astro Turf quite a lot. I would just copy what they were doing. Um, and nine times out of ten, everything would just be a bit heavier, like the sharks or diffs, you know, just to take the extra traction. Um, but a lot of it, though, is driving style. You just have to change the driving style a little bit. You can't throw the cars around on Asher Turf because it will just bite really, really hard. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I know you run other classes like e-buggy and truggy. Can you tell us a bit about these? Um, well, this year, I mean, last year I ran all three classes, e-buggy, truggy and uh, nitro. Uh, this year, we started off doing three classes, but unfortunately, we've had a bit of unlucky knee buggy this year. So we've kind of taken a step back from that. We're focusing on the Traggy Championship this year, trying to try and wrap that up this year. I mean, we've got two wins so far. I just need to win the next one, and we've we've wrapped up the championship. So hopefully, you know, going well, that that'll be something that'll be good to have under the belt for the sponsors as well. Um, Nitro's been very successful this year. You know, we've I've travelled probably seven or eight times this year to out, out of the country. So we've, we've done a lot of running, a lot of testing as well for the bigger races coming up. Um, yeah, we've had a lot of, a lot of success, a lot of success. Um, national at heart's just gone. It was a bit unlucky. It's a bit of a gut punch for me, but, um, you know, racing happens, you know, you just got to take it on the chin and move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, who's your like biggest rival? Who are you always racing with and competing with? Um, probably my, the usual the name big, that you at, see next to you. I mean, the big, the big races. I mean, for instance, like the nationals and stuff. It's always between kind of, you know, the top five is always pretty close. You know, with Lee Martin, Neil Craig. You know, he's also got my teammate as well, the Lewis Jones. You know, um, Mike and Matt Lewis. They're, they're very fast guys. Um, it's always pretty close to them guys, to be honest. Yeah. Are uh, there any events uh, sort of globally that you would like to go go uh, compete in? Um, the race I've always wanted to do since uh, probably four or five years ago when I started getting into racing was probably uh, the Silver State in the US. In the US. Um, I was going to go this year, but sadly a few things changed. I wasn't able to attend that race. Uh, but next year I'll definitely be going there. Um, that's kind of a, uh, a race I've always looked at. It's, it's a well-presented race. You know, you get a lot of running in, um, free classes on, a, on an American-style track. There's nothing more you could wish for as such, so. That's definitely a race on the bucket list I want to attend, 100%. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we're... Go on, Mitch. Go on. Uh, so, do you have any funny mom- moments or memories from racing? Have you seen, like, runaways or anything like that? Can you uh, yeah, Asti GP. That was probably a bit of a 
that was in March. I uh, put everything on charge and put, ended up putting a flat battery back in my radio instead of the charge one. Um, I was going around three or four minutes, and all of a sudden, my car just likes to do its own thing and run off about a mile in the back in the distance. It was gone. Nothing. I was like waving goodbye on the driver's stand. I was like, see you later. (laughs) Nothing. I mean, that is an absolute schoolboy error. That was putting a a flat battery back in the radio. I mean, that's just not paying attention. eh? So I make sure now, if I ever change batteries in car radio, I'll make sure that I check them before I put in the car. Definitely. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so many stupid things I've done over this, over over the over my racing career, but you learn from them. So, but yeah, yeah probably one of the most stupid things I've ever done is putting a, a flat battery back in my car. What so, about yeah. you, Mitch? Have you got any funny moments? Anything like that? Um, I haven't got anything like that myself, but I've seen one, and it's kind of harsh, but it is really funny. I'd only just started racing, and I was at the time I was using a Hobeo Hyper Nine. If you can remember them, yeah, and I remember uh, seeing a photo. We went to a, an old track in Preston. In fact, the guys that run Blackpool that we're doing the national on this weekend, one of the guys ran this track previously, and um, a new a, a new kid was there. And someone was running his engine in for him up and down the car park, and they they were leaning it up, leaning it up. It was sounding sweet, and then they turned it round and sent it away from him. And then after the car park was like a five acre or 10 acre cornfield and it just went flat the handset did and it just went full chat brand new <laughs> brand new engine all See? the way down the field and then you just did and that was it and this was like oh. that's that the worst thing new. that's the gut thing because these things ain't cheap when something happens like that you can't you don't the natural thing is to feel bad for them yeah it is but here we are talking about it probably seven years later, five years <laughs> later, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun of the sport. It never dies. No, there's always something going on. Definitely. So, Jamie, if you was to run another RC class other than an off-road, what would it be? I know you've done a uh, bit of touring car because I dabbled that with you for a little while. Um, That's quite a tough one. I mean, the one I've... I mean, stands out to me probably the most and I've, I, I want to have a go. I've never had a go. Is eight-scale... Um, on road that stuff is just crazy I mean I've been out a couple of times Italy where the Reds factory is there's a there's an on road track where they race that class and I've watched it a few times and they just sound awesome especially when they're going down the main straight and they change gear it sounds it just sounds wicked and I've always wanted to have a go on one of them whether I will do or not who knows but um, it's something associated I don't make in the moment so it's something I have to kind of just have a go on somebody else's but that's definitely a class yeah, that's definitely a class I'd like to like to try for sure, definitely. Yeah. What's your uh, thoughts and opinions on the uh, UK ape scale off-road scene at the moment? What do you think is good about the scene? Um, I think at the minute we have a lot of young talent now. I mean, we have a lot of young drivers. I mean, also it's very, very competitive now, our national series. It's probably the most competitive it's ever been. Um, you know, there's a lot of fast guys you're never relaxing when you're out there because the guy behind you is just as fast as the guy in front. So it's it's very very close, um, but yeah, I think I think the the, the 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 key thing and the most impressive thing is we have a lot of talent, a lot of young talent now, which is awesome. Awesome, mate, awesome. Uh, so, is there anything you'd like to see changed in RC though? Um, yes, um, 
I mean, some people are going to agree with me when I say this and some people ain't, but I think a lot of this situation now of people getting sponsored, you know, for no, re- not for no reason, but, you know, people, anyone they now can really pick up a sponsorship, which Sponsor- is good. In, in, yeah, you know, I'm sure you can understand. You know, it takes a lot of sales away from RC shops nowadays and we need RC shops to keep this alive. You know, now a lot of distributors are now selling direct to drivers, which for me is not good for our sport whatsoever. It's really bad. Um, so something I'd like to see change. Um, but also as well the price of things everything's obviously going up in price because there's a lot more sponsored guys now so everything has to kind of compensate for that so you know now to get into this sport now it's not cheap it's so expensive now and for me that is such a bad thing because that will just push anyone new coming into sport away Um, so that's something that needs to change definitely 100% retail what's retail (laughs) I mean like now once for like a set of Proline tyres or a set of AKA tyres you're looking at £40 a set you know, and some to be competitive, like at national, you need four or five sets of tyres, and if you're paying for them, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's something definitely in our sport that needs to change. You know, the the guys that really deserve to be sponsored get sponsored, but the guys that have just come into racing, you know, they just have to ask. And nine times out of ten, most places go, yeah, we'll give you a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, that that needs to that hundred percent needs to stop. You know, they need to be put through shops. You know, they need to go to more shops, support the shops. And for someone as well, the parents, you, um, you know, used to, that own a shop, I know what that situation is like. You know, sales from five years ago to what they are now are nothing like they used to be. I think for me, there's just too many levels of sponsorship. There's not just like the 25%, the 50%, what, the 75% exactly. and 100% deal. There's all these bits in between. That if you go to this race, you get that. Or if you don't go there, you won't get any help. I think these levels should just be abolished. If you're good, you get a little bit of help. If you're decent, then, you know, you get the 100%. And I agree 100%, 100%. And that, that's something these guys, I think, is. I hope that it doesn't, it's not too late for them to realise that. Um, but that is 100%. This, if, if it carries on the way it's going now, our industry is going to be in big trouble. So, you know, they need to really look at that. Um, and I, I think a lot of mine are starting to do that now. They're kind of starting to, to ease up on what they're doing. And I think a lot of guys as well now, and I know a lot of companies are starting to change their, their sponsorship now. You know, they're, letting, they're letting a lot of guys kind of come out of the distribution and go through shops, which yeah. is what needs to happen 100%. I think the two words are getting crossed too much. You, obviously, you've got supported. And, and sponsored, sponsored, 100%. And I think people are not bad, not in a bad way, but I think people are getting a little bit mixed up on on that in the UK especially mm-hmm. um, and that's what I think is causing us problems yeah and I agree like I said to you I mean like you said there's just there's people that are supported but they class themselves as sponsored drivers but to me a sponsored a, a, a sponsored driver is someone that's getting something like 100% discount that is a sponsored driver yeah a supported driver is someone that's helped you know someone that's given some discount to help support their racing yeah, and then you've got your factory sponsor guys, which obviously are hundred percent discount. So we need to divide a line between the two, is what you're saying? Yeah, and that's just my opinion. You know, everyone has a different opinion. You know, that's just me. For someone you know has been racing quite a long time, that's that's just my opinion. You know, some people have complete opposite to that. You know, which is fair enough. You have to respect that. But yeah. for me, that's how I feel, and that's yeah. that's not the right direction. To be honest, so I think there'll be a lot of people agreeing with you, mate. Yeah, I mean, like, like like I said, you know, some people will, some people won't. You know, that's that's fair enough. I respect that. So, what advice could you give new people to the hobby? 
New advice, don't jump in with the most expensive stuff straight away. Yeah. Learn to, you know, I, the, like I say to people that are starting, don't go and buy a brand spanking new associate car or whatever car you want to go and buy. Don't go and buy the most expensive stuff because it might not be for you. And when you're learning, like, you know, you know, you hit things, you break things. So the best thing to do is, you know, go and buy something that's more cheap, like an RTR or something like that. Learn, you know, do all the big mistakes you're going to ever do with that. Once you're happy, then move on to the more expensive stuff. But don't just throw yourself on the deep end. That's for me. That's not a good good thing to do. Yeah, that's great, mate. That's great. I just think we could encourage more youngsters. Like, uh, how can we get them away from the video games and get them out? You know, in the parks, like you say, practicing mm. with RTRs. And for me, that's one hundred percent. Again, that's something that I'd love to see happen a bit more. Um, but I mean, the day and age we're in now, people, everything's social media related now, and you know, like you said, Xbox and PlayStation and stuff like that. It's just an attraction to these to these younger people now. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to try and get my brothers into it to be honest, because they all they do all day when they're not at school is sit on their their bums and play uh, play computer all day, which for me is so unhealthy. I don't think it's good for you at all. You don't get a social life as such. Um, but it's, to be honest, I don't think there's any real way of kind of getting them to do it. It's their choice. You know what I mean? It's it's really difficult. Um, isn't there a new film being aired about RC? Yeah, Flying Cars. Yeah, that's it. I saw, yeah. I saw something earlier about it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully, that will kind of bring a, a bit more attention to yeah. our industry. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good angle. It's definitely a good angle. 100%. Yeah. And having an associate splattered all over it, it's obviously, you know, your best. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that. I must have. I did notice it. But yeah, hopefully that brings a bit more uh, uh, new people into it. <clears throat> So then, Jamie, can we just talk a little bit about your, your national races and your latest win at JC Raceway? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, um, how did that, all that go for you? Nationals have been pretty good. Um, the last national, we showed a lot of pace against um, Elliot. I mean, me and Elliot were pretty much kind of, I mean, not in a in a, I wouldn't say a cocky way, but you know, we we had that extra little bit of speed over the over the field. So, you know, it was good good for me. It was good to kind of run close with Elliot. Um, just sadly, we had something go wrong in the final that I don't think anyone could have stopped happening. It was just, it happened. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good for the next Nationals and the, and the future Nationals, especially the one coming up at JC Raceway. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you know, I just done a race meeting there, which I haven't been for, I've, I haven't been there for almost a year. Um so I was really happy going there. I ran my setup that I'd normally run pretty much everywhere other than just a couple of little tiny changes to kind of suit the the different layout and the different traction. Um, but yeah, I was really, really happy. Um, we TQ'd three of the four rounds. I would have TQ'd the, all four rounds, but I sadly had a bit of trouble with back mark on the last lap in the second round. Um, but the final was good. I decided to do one less fuel stop because I was actually running a new engine in for that race for the Euros. So the runtime obviously wasn't it's going to be at its, at its peak because obviously the engine's still very tight. Um, so we decided to do one extra fuel stop. So it put a little bit more pressure on me, um, but we still managed to get the win. So that was that was good. Yeah, excellent, dude. Excellent. Even with a, a new engine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. What about your trip to Italy with Matt Lewis? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, that was that was a really good experience to come. I mean, um, we managed to get him to come over with us to, to help do some testing for the Euros. I mean, I do a lot. I go over to Italy quite a lot. Uh, it's like I call it my second home. It's like I live pretty much there when I'm not racing in the UK. So, um, but 
yeah, it was really good to come up, for him to come over. It was it was good to have someone else kind of watch the car go around because I mean, there's only a certain amount the driver can do. You know, most of the time we're just focusing on driving around the track. We don't tend to always watch what the car's doing. Um, where it's good to have kind of a little bit of uh, a second perspective of what 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 the car's doing. So we definitely improved the car much faster than it would if I was just on my own. So and that was really good, and we've got a good place to start now for the Euros. Um, I mean, Mauro Ongaro was there, uh, Davide's dad. He helped also a lot. Um, and he was kind of comparing what the lap times I should be running. And he said towards the end, we were really competitive. So I think it's a good place for us to start for the Euros, definitely. That's great. That's great. That's good. Really good. So, Mitch, could you tell us a little bit about your racing? You've had some podiums just recently. Uh, yes, mate. I did a double at the E-Buggy and Truggy National. Couldn't quite catch fancy. Um <laughs> Clancy took the win in the truck we came home in second and then e-buggy I got another second so yeah it was, it was a pretty good pretty good weekend really yeah definitely I would agree with you 100% getting two podiums is, uh, is nothing to be shy about I can tell you that it's, uh, a national's a national at the end of the day yeah definitely it's pretty um, I don't know what it is for you but first couple of laps when you jump from a truck to a buggy you've got to like reprogram your guys 100 percent, 100 and there's a lot of guys over here i don't know maybe you're all right but like with ebug i don't have no problems doing a 10 or a 15 minute final mm. and there's a lot of guys moaning saying they can't do the runtime so they don't want a warm-up lap so mm. you're going straight from a 30 minute truck final a final yeah with no practice no warm-up lap straight into an e-buggy national a final and you've just got to be on it one of them definitely Within one corner, you've got to be on it and you've got to be there. And it's just a little, uh, it's a challenge. Definitely. <laughs> it's a challenge. The biggest thing is obviously throttle uh, power is such a big different, uh, oh, uh, sorry, yeah. big step. Um, trying to get used to e-buggy. Literally, like you said, I mean, for me, when I was doing e-buggy, I would never do a warm-up lap um, because I didn't want to risk not finishing the final. Um, so jumping straight into that, I would just take the first like two or three minutes so much slower, you know. Yeah. Sometimes that's really difficult because it lets the guys in front of you gap out. Um, but then it's a bit more safer than going full speed at the, at the start and crashing four or five times and then you dropping half a lap down. Um, yeah. But like you said, yeah, one hundred percent is so difficult coming straight from truck going straight into e buggy. It's completely different. I think almost if the guy, if Chris Jeffries that does listen to this show, I think buggies should be run probably first. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't know whether that could be a vote maybe at the AGM for next year or another national, but I think if the buggies were ran first, it'd be definitely uh, definitely a way yeah. forward. I mean, what do you think of the 15-minute finals? I, I, like I say, we, we're, we're really good with uh, mileage on batteries. I, mm. could, I could do 26 minutes on a set of oxes. It's like ridiculous, that yeah. is. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I'd love that, but yeah, I don't quite I, get that. I've never really had a problem with that. I, I'd run ten minutes. I'd run twelve. I'd. I, I'm easy. I'm. I'm all up for being on the track and getting track time. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I mean, for for me, I think it would be better. This this is just my personal preference. I think maybe doing two leg finals at ten minutes because the problem is the fifteen minute finals. There is guys that are not as lucky as you that can do that can't do twenty six minutes. We are literally on the verge of fifteen minutes, and we have to drive. We can't drive one hundred percent. And I think doing 10-minute finals, I think it would make racing a lot more closer because everyone can drive 100% and they haven't got to worry about not finishing. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's just going to turn everything up though because it's only ten minutes. So exactly. Just and I think that would make it much better. Turn the turbo up. You think it'd be better with the cars being faster? One hundred percent. And it's not so much the cars being faster. I think everyone can just drive faster. Everyone can drive harder. Everyone has a lot of worry about not finishing. And that's even say. Do, copy the temp scale and do a three-leg day final. Or that, yeah, exactly. I've, I've Reedy way, Yeah, or mm, I mean, Reedy's really difficult, especially. Like, I mean, e-buggy, yeah, be fine. I mean, Reedy, really, yeah, it's a bit more difficult for Reedy as Reedy style because it takes a lot more out of the days. Yeah. Um, I like you said, I, I mean, Reedy's really, good because you know it's just heads up racing, but um, yeah, for, I think for one day national, it's a bit more difficult to do. I do think the two or the three-legged finals would definitely make it. Say, I don't know, say you mopped up in one and two, you don't even have to do the third. Exactly. Like, like Craggy does at most <laughs> nationals. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, no, and I agree 100%. But I think, I think that's a lot of... Um, I think they're, they're taking that into consideration. And I, I'd, like, I'd like to think that's what they're going to do next year, um, but we'll just have to see. Tag him in this. Tag him in this, SJ. Make sure Lossie <laughs> Jeffries <laughs> All right, mate, I will do. Well, my racing's been better. I was at the uh, Hearts Members GP, and I had a bit of a disaster, guys, to be fair. I thought my stuff was on point. I put my car down for the second qualifier and the throttle servo. Just died. It literally just died while I was warming up. Nothing I could do. Two 15-minute qualifiers. I had to sit it out. That put me at the back of the D. I did actually bump to the C, but once I got to the end of the, uh, the D final, I'm bumping up. Uh, my pit man tells me that my spur gear sounds really, really noisy and I shouldn't go up into the bumper. So I pulled my car off. I had a bit of a disaster, but I was happy with the seat final win. Yeah, I was, happy with that. I was happy with that. Yeah, and that's a smart thing to do that for something that's not super important. Instead of killing yeah. the gear, that was a smart thing to do. It was only do. a fun run. It was only a fun run. It's 100%. And that was, that was smart thinking. Yeah, yeah. Play again another day was uh, my aim at that day. Definitely. And the most important thing is you enjoy yourself. That is, yeah, uh, that's that's something I can't stress more about is making sure that people have the enjoyment. Now, I mean, for, I mean, for me and Mitch, you know, sometimes it's not all about the enjoyment. Like, you know, when we're at Nationals, it's, it's serious, you know. When there's people giving you money's worth of equipment, you have to do the job, you know. You have to, you have to put 100% into it. But then you have the races like, um, like for instance, like the, the Members GP. That's a race that doesn't count towards anything. So that's just a pure fun race. You know? And I think people need to enjoy RC racing a lot more than, than they do now. So they're just doing it for the sake of it. And do you know what, mate? It was fun. All the guys, all my friends were out. We had a barbecue. It was good chat. I even took a beer up there with me. <laughs> you got to win now. 100%. You've got to enjoy this more. Saying that, the only thing I was a little bit disappointed about was there was no camping. I went mean? down Saturday night. I went down Saturday night for the members' GP. Well, usually at Hearts, we for, for the members' GP we have camp. Well, free practice on a Saturday, camping in the evening, a little bit of a social, and then racing on a Sunday. Bit oh, of a okay. social. Yeah, yeah. And I went down there Saturday night as a no usual. Like, no one there. James oh, okay. Clifford. James Clifford turned up all by himself from Kent in his uh, camper. Turned up by himself. Do expect him to have a bit of social, mm. and he's, he's just wrenching on his car by himself, ready for the next day. He was quite disappointed as well. There was was there something on at that weekend? Was there another race on that weekend? I can't actually remember. Yeah, uh, was it was, was it Jace? It wasn't JC. I might have been JC Raceway. I'm not sure. No, it wasn't JC. That, I'm not yeah. sure whether there was something else on that. Could have been a possibility. Um, if there was something a bit more important, sometimes you know people choose to go to a slightly more important race. But I'm not 100 percent sure. 
Well, that's something I would like to change in RC, a bit more of a social atmosphere, especially Definitely. when it comes to the fun runs. If there's mm. camping available, go camp. Enjoy yourselves. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's nice. Oh, social. How far is Hearts for you, Steve? Uh, I am fortunate, mate. I am within five-mile radius. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> it's basically in my backyard, bro. That's not bad. Like, when we yeah. camp, it's only like four and a half hours to get there. <laughs> I've basically been there every weekend <laughs> since I discovered it existed. <laughs> I wish I could, mate. I wish I could. Right then, Jamie, is there anything you'd like to say before we let you go, mate? You've been great. Yeah, um, obviously, 100% first thing is uh, to thank everybody that helps me do, you know, this, this sport. You know, I, I, I have no words to describe how thankful I am um, without them. I wouldn't be doing it now. I wouldn't be able to travel around, travel the world, you know, enjoy what I love doing. Um, and obviously my parents as well, you know, they support me from day one. You know, they've, they've sacrificed a lot for this sport. Um, and obviously I'd like to say it's paid off. Um, but yeah, 100%, first thing, my parents, you know, thank you to them. And obviously my sponsors, Team Associated, Reedy, ProLine, Reds, you know, my four main sponsors and all the other sponsors, you know, I really, really appreciate everything you do for me. Cool, cool. All right, then, mate. Well, you'll have to hang up your end, and uh, we'll let you go. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Right, and, then, uh, mate. Catch you at the races. Cool. See you, weekend. See you later. Yeah, see you at the weekend. Bye bye. Blackpool, yeah. Right. Yes, for sure. Blackpool. Awesome. All right, see take it easy, Jamie. Thanks thank a lot. You. Bye. Bye. He's such a cool guy, eh, Mitch? Yeah, he's, he's good, he's good. I think he's got a bit of a future ahead of him. Definitely, definitely. Right then, Mitch, so let's talk about some uh, news and some race results then, shall we? Let's go for it. Right, so we had the e-bugging and truggy nationals at Northwest Nitro on the 2nd of June. A final truggy, we had Jamie Clancy with his Reds Powered Associated, yourself, Mitch, with your Block Powered Techno, and Johnny Skidmore with a Bullet Powered Agama. Uh, the A-final e-buggy, we had Johnny Skidmore with his Agama, William Skidmore with his Agama, and yourself, Mitch, again in third place with the Techno. Awesome, dude. It's another two podiums there for you. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> so we also uh, had the Model Car Club on the 2nd of June. Uh, A-final Nitro, we had Nick Cox with uh, Nova Powered Hot Bodies. Alan Ward with an Ultimate M3-powered Hot Bodies, and uh, Vincenzo Zuccarelli. I'm sorry if that's not how you say your name, dude, but you've also got a Nova-powered Mugen MBX-8. But well done on the one, two, three there, guys. Uh, also, the Paddy Piston Cup at BADMCC Island, 2nd of June. I've got some results here for that. The A-final Nitro buggy was Matt Lewis, uh, Alpha-powered Associated. I've got Graham Allsop with a Nova-powered Hot Bodies in second. And third was Elliot Taylor with his Bullet-powered Agama. Um, in the Truggy, then, I have Elliot Taylor, again, in the first place with the Bullet-powered Agama. Bradley Baird with a Nova-powered JQ Black Edition a prototype Truggy. Yes! And third <laughs> was John Hazelwood with a Bullet-powered Agama. Um, the members GP that I was uh, in attendance of was also on the 2nd of June. A final Nitro buggy was Kev Brunsden, Nova Powered S-Works. Taro Credit with his Reds Powered Kyosho in second. And Owen Luckin with a Reds Powered Associated in third. It looks like the A final Truggy results was George Miller with an Electric Powered S-Works. Uh, Darren Roper with an Orion Powered Hobawa. Wow. Coming back to you, you mentioned Hobo earlier, didn't you? Oh, that was years ago. Years yeah. ago. 
there you go. We've got one of them still hanging around. And third place was James Moore with a bullet-powered Kyosho. The A final e-buggy results at Hearts Members GP was Ricky Cooper in first with his TLR, James Clark in second with his Associated, Rick Spears with a Kyosho in third. Uh, results from JC Raceway, 9th of June, we've got the A-Final Nitro Buggy, uh, Clancy with his Reds Powers Associated in the one, Sloppy with his Nova-powered Hot Bodies in two, and Kev Brunsden with his Nova-powered S-Works in three. Um, Northwest Nitro, on the 9th of June, we had A-Final Nitro with Will Skidmore, uh, Bullet-powered Agama, yourself, Mitch, with your Block-powered uh, Techno, and uh, Ashley Owen with a Nova-powered Hot Bodies. Awesome, awesome. Um, I've also got some more results here. I'm just looking at the next page. Uh, Slough, 16th of June, we had the A-Final Nitro. Johnny Skidmore, bullet-powered Agama. Kev Brunson in second with a Nova-powered S-Works. And Tarot Credit in third with a Reds-powered Kyosho. Uh, Western Park, aka the Western Wells, 16th of June. <laughs> John Howes in first. Uh, Steve Shakespeare in second. And Matt Francis in third. And... Um, I believe uh, we just had the Euros B in Spain. We had a few UK drivers out there in attendance. One person yeah. in particular I would like to mention is Lewis Jones. He qualified yeah. straight into the A main and finished eighth. That's pretty pretty damn decent, you know. We had uh, James as well from uh, RPRC running okay. the techno car. He um, he unfortunately just missed the the A final, the A main. Um, I think he ended up fifteenth overall. Uh, but he drove really well. He was looking really promising. He did really well. Take me hat off to him and his dad. They did an awesome job out there. Yeah, yeah. That's just like Louis, Louis Jones and Mark Jones has just been looking at the uh, the pictures the guys have been putting up. Uh, it looks awesome out there. The guys yeah, I was liking them earlier. They look, yeah. they look really good. I've also spoke to Lewis. He's actually going to the Euros A coming up very, very shortly. So I'll uh, be looking forward to hearing the results from that. And uh, we wish him a very, very the best of luck. Awesome. Coming up, then, we have the uh, Nitro National at Northwest Nitro. Are you going, Mitch? We do, mate. I've been doing a lot of preparation for this race. Um, well, just before we started this podcast, I was still doing it, as you knew. <laughs> as you know. So, uh, yeah, myself, Clancy, Lewis, everybody in the, the United Kingdom will be prepping for this weekend. Um, it's going to be a tough one. There's a lot of... Oh, I don't know how to put it. It's very, very well stacked. It's very tight towards the top there. Um, it's a lot of good drivers on very close times on very, very, very similar laps. So it's going to make some good racing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you luck, mate, and I wish everybody else that's uh, going up there very best of luck. So then, I hear Mitch. There's a new product about to hit the shelves. Can you tell us a little bit about it? I don't know what you mean, mate. What do you, What do you mean? The new Techno NB48.5, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. What can you tell us, really Can you tell us anything at all? I can, yeah, of course I can. Um, yeah, there will be a new car. There will be a new Techno gas car. There's no exact set, set date in stone yet. Um, I'm hoping to get one very soon to get some running in on it and to learn it because... The car's quite a lot different. A lot of things have been changed. The guys in America have been making, and Alex in Italy and Elias have been making a a really good car, changing it and refining it. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and good things come to people who wait. So it'll be around soon. Just just hang in there. 
yeah we know it's been in, de- in development for a long time so i hope that when it comes out there is no kinks for you guys and you can just get straight on and start winning we'll uh we'll see what we can do i think you'll start winning once you get one as well <laughs> jq for life baby oh no yeah. Uh, so just to mention RCGP, we had two Brits competing um, in round three and four uh, held in Ferring, Austria. It's great to see the UK represented by two guys in the top 10. Um, our guys, Lee Martin and Elliot Boots, and uh, extremely well. And uh, we've got the next two rounds coming up in Asti. So we wish them luck for the next two rounds. Yeah, the, uh, the guys did good. They did really good out there. Yeah. It's just great that we've got, you know, in the top 10, we've got two guys out there. There's not many countries that can produce that, you know. No, definitely. That's just my opinion, mate. Definitely. Right, so moving on, let's uh, take us out then. So, guys, thanks for listening. I just want to thank our guest once more, Jamie Clancy, for coming on and sharing with us. What a great guy. Um, I'd also like to thank you, Mitch, once more again for coming on and joining me as a co-host. Not a problem, mate. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, cool. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors. Uh, They are TKR Graphics and Ike's Inc., TKR Graphics produce some awesome body shells, wicked wing skins, and stylish wraps for all our RC equipment. Along with Ike's Inc., who produces custom pit boards and cool images of our RCs, TKR Graphics tailor make all your orders to suit your needs and make you stand out at the track. Get in touch with TKR Graphics on all their social media pages, and you can also email them at sales at tkrgraphics.com. And also, you can get hold of Ike's Inc. at p i k e o at ikesinc.co.uk. Mitch, shall we say say a thank you to our individual sponsors? Would you like to go first? Uh, yeah, sure, mate. Big thanks to uh, Techno RC, uh, RPRC Block, SRT, and OptiFuel and OptiPower Bandicoot bodies, and uh, big thanks for Mum, Dad, and and yourself for having me on the show. Ah, you're all right, dude, mate. That's all right. Um, I'd just like to thank uh, JQ Racing and uh, Renix Model Tune UK for supplying me all the parts, you know, keeping me at the track. I'm um, just going to take a, this second now just to make a little special mention to two individuals that have actually helped me out a lot this week. Carl uh, Jackson, firstly, for rebuilding my engine with new bearings and giving it a full clean out and polish up. You know, he's, he's made it tasty for me again, mate. <laughs> Can't wait awesome. to get back to the track side. And the second one is Mick Rivier. Um, he gave me some excellent setup options and you know, help and advice when uh, setting up my car last weekend. I was just having some issues with keeping it planted. It was twitchy, but I think I've got it all dialed out now thanks to some help. Awesome. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Just a bit of guidance and experience, yeah. and uh, it goes a long way. Yeah, these these two guys, as again, I can't stress enough. They really help me out. They're they're week in week out. They're, I can always approach them, talk to them about absolutely anything, and within five minutes, I've got a result. Brilliant. That's what you want. That's a great ambassador for the sport. Indeed, mate. Indeed. Um, just going to thank all the listeners then. Thank you, listeners, for uh, listening in. And if you could like and share this podcast uh, and our page, which is Eighth and RC Racing Podcast, that would be great. Um, this podcast will be available on all uh, normal podcast outlets: Spotify, iTunes, Google Casts. It's, it's up there. It's up there. Again, guys, thanks for listening. Cheers, Mitch. Thanks a lot, mate. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for having me on, mate. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Keep racing.